Hello again, Bears fans, and welcome into We Are Regal Radio's fourth and goal series, where we give you four goals, four keys to a Bears victory against any given opponent. And this week, the Bears will be traveling to Carolina to take on the 3-2 and two Panthers in what has become uh, maybe uh, one of the most intriguing games of the week nationally, just because... Pretty much nobody thinks Carolina or the Bears are that good. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, quote, two bad teams, unquote, go at each other and try to get a victory and keep their good position. Because right now, Carolina, they are in front in the NFC South. The Bears are at 4-1, and one, their best start since 2012. And even though that's not good enough for first in the division, they are setting themselves up for a really, really good chance of making the playoffs. And you would think with a victory this week against Carolina moving to 5-1 and one, with just a couple weeks away from the midpoint of the season, of course, assuming we'll have a season because the way that facilities are getting shut down left and right throughout the league, uh, it might be one of the worst years for the Bears to start out for or five and one because of how detrimental this season's outlook looks at this point in time. But regardless of that, uh, five and one puts you in a good position to make the playoffs. So with that, let's go ahead and get started with our first goal. And this one is something we've talked about a lot and we're gonna continue to talk about it because it is so, so important to the success of this football team in general this season. I mean, if you're talking, you want the Bears to win the Super Bowl, it starts with this week's first goal, and that is running the football. Now, I think after the last couple weeks between the Colts and the Buccaneers, even though that was played within a week, but the last couple weeks in terms of week uh, five and four, the Bears saw some of the best run defenses in the NFL, and it really showed how inefficient the Bears run game truly is because that offensive line maybe at times can play well but there's just no studs on that line especially now losing James Daniels for the rest of the season the offensive guard he was probably the most stud offensive lineman on the Bears uh, front. But without him, it's it's going to be a slog in a way. It, it doesn't mean that the Bears offensive line can't do some good things and be solid and be a good group. Because I think Jermaine Effetti, Cody Whitehair are solid offensive linemen. We know Bobby Massey can really run block. I'm not a big fan of Charles Leno, but he has those occasional games where he looks like an all-pro left tackle. So th this group is in void of talent now with James Daniels down, but they could not move those lines of the Colts or the Buccaneers when they were trying to run the football. And on top of it, too, you saw how the lack of running the football really hurts the overall team because offensively, there's still some time to be seen with this passing game, but the passing game hasn't looked great with Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky. And I do definitely believe Nick Foles is doing a better job, but regardless of that point, it's still not good enough. Then you talk about the defense, who is playing pretty well overall, but they're on the field a lot. There's been a lot of 
ugly drives from this offense. They are not scoring points, especially in the third quarter. And on top of it, this Bears team is not very good at converting third downs, which we'll get into more later on. Running the football and doing it somewhat effectively is going to be just of the utmost importance for this team's success. It opens things up for the passing game when you talk about play action. And with Nick Foles, that's going to be a lot more deadly than it was with Mitch Trubisky, who is known as very average to below average as a ball faker, unlike Nick Foles, who will give you really that good look of a play action fake. And that can be always the difference. It's just, it's that moment of flat footedness by the defense that with the right throw and the right receiver at the other end, you're talking about potential touchdown or at a minimum big play. So getting the run game going there would be huge. And then on top of it, you talk about the defense getting more rest, the time of possession, when that favors the Bears, that's a really, really good step towards a victory because that means that defense is not playing a lot. And when they are playing a lot, they're playing pretty well. Imagine them in a, a much condensed game where there's less opportunities for the opposing offense to do what they want to do, especially if this Bears offense could supply some points for the defense and they can really just pin their ears back and go up and go after that passer or just play with kind of that reckless abandon that you want to see this defense do because those big plays will be right behind them with the takeaways. But regardless of all that that is mentioned, that's why we, we focus in now with Carolina. Coming into this week has the 25th best rush defense stopping the run. They only do it better than seven other teams in this league. They are 31st out of 32 teams at giving up just a shade under 5.4 yards per carry. You know, this is a game where Matt Nagy has to look at his offensive line, look at that defense of Carolina, and also look within himself and the rest of those coaches and say, we didn't match up well against the Colts and the Buccaneers when it came to running the football. We need to get back to running the football like we did the first three weeks of the season against the Lions, the Giants, and the Falcons, where there was a commitment and there was also success. And if they can get that run game going and get them confident again, when you're t talking about playing some of the better teams at the end of the year, like Green Bay, that running game has to be somewhat of a weapon. It can't be a nothing factor like it was when we saw the Colts and the Buccaneers matchup. So goal number one, get the rock to your running backs, mainly David Montgomery, and find a way to get some success and definitely commit to getting this run game going. And hopefully from there, it sets up the rest of the team for success on Sunday. Moving along to our next goal, going to stick with the offense and talk about something that we had mentioned previously in our first goal, but uh, probably as significantly important as running the football is converting on third downs. And the Bears, they have been pretty terrible in this category overall. I think their only real good game converting on third down came against the Giants and that was kind of like a first half of football more so than anything. Uh, right now the Bears are tied with the Bengals for 30th and they are converting third down conversions at 33.3% only above the Washington football team and surprisingly the Seattle Seahawks but uh, 
that's a good example right there. Seattle, not been great on third down. It's been a real problem for them. Guess what? They make a lot of plays downfield and they score a lot of points still. If you are a team that doesn't have, you know, a really strong quarterback presence, I'm not even talking about Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, but you've got to have a strong presence at quarterback in terms of effectiveness. And Nick Foles, he's been about as good as Mitch. And Mitch was probably, if we're being honest, one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, He probably would be ranked 30 out of 32, something like that. Nick Foles, even though he's doing a little bit better job throwing the ball downfield, but his effectiveness is about the same because you're looking at just way too many drives being stalled. And a great example came in that last game against the Buccaneers. Opening drive, third and two, wide open Allen Robinson, and Nick Foles absolutely sails it. I mean, just completely misses a wide open Allen Robinson, a nice and easy completion, perfect play design and play call by Matt Nagy. I mean, it, it just, it's obvious, uh, you know, Nick Foles messed up there and you just can't do that. I mean, you're talking about an opening drive of the game. You have a chance to get a, a touchdown and take an advantage. And on your first series, you miss a third and wide open, a, a third and easy I mean, forget the distance. It's about how easy and how simple that play was, and the Bears did not execute. And that's been a theme in a lot of games. Uh, You think of the Colts, third and one, and they run it with Cordell Patterson and get absolutely stuffed. I believe since Matt Nagy's been the head coach of the Bears that they are the worst at converting third and one or less. I mean... The Bears, hopefully during this mini-bye week that they had from the layoff of Tampa all the way to this Sunday, hopefully with the self-scouting and some of the things Matt Nagy talked about, that they can find a way to figure out this issue of third down and make it, you know, they're not going to be one of the best in the league. Usually the best are hovering mid-50s, you know, if they're really killing it, maybe a few shades below 60. You know, the Bears just got to get up to around 40, 45, especially with this great defense. If they can find a way to convert some third downs, it's just like what we talked about with running the football. You do brick by brick, eventually something's going to happen. A big play's going to happen or a touchdown is going to happen because you kept the drive alive or you were able to run the football, whatever it is. These third downs really, really matter. And the Bears, simply put, if they want to do anything besides be one of the most questionable 4-1 teams in the league, potentially 5-1 if they get a victory over Carolina, they're going to have to start proving that they're legit. And one of those ways is converting on third downs more regularly. Moving along to our third goal, going to focus in on the defense a little bit here and This Carolina team, as I talked about in the the beginning of our fourth and goal segment, that they're a really interesting team because they are also, like the Bears, a little confounding. Not a supremely great record at 3-2, but after beating the Falcons last week, they took advantage of the Buccaneers' loss as well and have now taken control of the NFC South tentatively. 
and you just wouldn't have expected that at all from Carolina in this early part of the season, and I'll give you a few reasons why. Matt Rule, the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers, didn't get a full offseason and a full training camp preseason to get his guys ready. And when you think about a new coach, new scheme, uh, a lot of new players were brought in through the draft and some notable changes in free agency as well when you're talking the departure of Cam Newton and the addition of Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, A huge blow also dealt to these Panthers, losing Christian McCaffrey for an extended amount of time, but they've still found ways to win and a big part of that has been a couple guys that are kind of connected to the Bears. Teddy Bridgewater, longtime Vikings quarterback, and also a guy that the Bears somewhat pursued this past uh, offseason to be a quarterback for them. And Mike Davis, who they cut famously last year so they can get a compensatory fourth round pick, which ended up being Nick Foles, uh, because the Bears traded that pick to the Jaguars to get him. Mike Davis having a pretty good year. Matt Rule bringing in a, kind of a college-style offense. Uh, I believe he was from Baylor. Uh, you know, a lot of wide-open, just air raid-type offense. And uh, certainly, Mike Davis has benefited by getting a really good start to his 2020 NFL season. Teddy Bridgewater is just the same. He is completing, I think, just a few shades under 75%. I think going into that game, it was 73% against the Falcons. He is converting a lot of passes and doing a lot of the things that, you know, Matt Rule is is probably thinking. And I'm sure Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace have to kind of look at Teddy Bridgewater and see some of his numbers and say, man, maybe we should have pursued this guy a little bit harder because he would probably be a huge upgrade over Nick Foles. Not that you have to worry about Teddy Bridgewater really pushing the ball downfield, even though he can do that somewhat, but he just is money in the bank when you're talking about 15 or less and just completing passes and not missing guys and being very accurate. So it's going to be a challenge for this Bears defense. One good thing is he's not a very athletic quarterback, has some athleticism, but he's not a guy that's going to run away from you. So this pass rush, hopefully they can continue where they left off against Tampa, and they're going to have some opportunities, I would think, at bringing Teddy Bridgewater down and really affecting the game there. Um, There's some interesting pieces around Teddy Bridgewater uh, now that Christian McCaffrey's out uh, that he can go to as weapons. But overall, this, this matchup is pretty good for the Bears, and especially this Bears defense against that Panthers Uh, offense because if they don't really have to worry about the deep play and these corners and safeties inside linebackers if they could play some tight coverage early in that first from the line of scrimmage to 15 yards downfield and give that pass rush just that added maybe quarter of a second half a second they might have a chance to really wreck this game because Unlike Tampa Bay, you kind of felt Tampa had the ability to push the ball downfield, which could be a problem for this Bears defense, especially if they give up points because the Bears offense isn't scoring. And then you look at the game against the Colts, you thought, man, that run game might really dominate the Bears, who at the time really showed a, and I guess still do, but still have shown a vulnerability to giving up yards through the ground uh, against opposing offenses. This game doesn't really have any element of that. There's just, there's not 
a, a thing that jumps out on paper or thinking about this matchup where the defense, you know, really could be in trouble. Obviously, if they don't play well, they don't do the normal things that you need to do, whether it's your assignments, your technique, fundamental, scheme-wise, substitution-wise, whatever. Uh, outside of that, this Bears team matches up really well against Carolina, and they should have an opportunity I would think defensively to keep them to a pretty low scoring total. And if this Bears offense, like we've talked about, can find a way to get, I would say the magic number is 25 points. If you can get to 25 points, uh, they might win, I don't know, close to 12 games this year. Just because that defense is killing it when it comes to not giving up points, especially in the red zone. And when this Bears defense is creating takeaways, it's almost like this Bears team is impossible to beat. Our last goal, and it's funny, just kind of thinking about how to word this, because in case fans haven't really understood, uh, the Bears are walking in with a lot of advantages in this game against Carolina. Uh, besides injuries, you're talking about Carolina had their facility shut down for days because of some COVID uh, positive tests. You can't even really practice or come together as a team. It's all Zoom and you're away from each other, essentially, so that nobody else spreads it before they understand who has it and who doesn't. Then on top of it, too, this Bears team has had way more than normal uh, preparation time for Carolina coming from end of last week to this week so really even if they just had a standard week of preparation for Carolina that would be more than what Carolina kind of has for the Bears because the Bears are actually able to practice and practice all week with their facility open the Bears also had an extra four or five days to maybe get some self-scouting in to figure out some things schematically to maybe make an adjustment or two when it comes to some of the things that are outside of a, a weekly opponent. And I'm sure Matt Nagy had a lot of reflection time with his coaches being week five, you know, a good kind of midway point of the year to figure out what's working, what's not working. And still the Bears in a few weeks, I believe week 11, will have their bye week. And that is, of course, when they're going to do more of that self-scouting and all the, the positives that come with the bye week. And that I just mentioned with this mini bye week that they've had. So the Bears, if they want to become a team that is really respected come December or hopefully January, and a team that... You know, the rest of the league is a little worried about playing, especially when you think about the playoffs. We don't know what they're going to be like exactly in these kind of COVID type situation. Because remember, they might go to a bubble for the playoffs. If they can get to the end of the, the regular season, they might just, the NFL might just pull a, a, a Major League Baseball and say, you know what? I know logistically it didn't make sense for the season, but we've got to secure our playoffs we can't have any type of delay in the playoff scheduling and change things around so the bears with their four and one start have put themselves in a position if they can figure out a, a win against carolina and then they'll have a monday night showdown against the rams you know you win these next two games you're six and one 
that's that's really hard to miss the playoffs at six and one, especially when, if anyone's forgotten, they're adding an extra playoff team to each conference. So there is now seven spots instead of six in the NFC. You'll have three wild cards and a chance to win your division. And the Bears are still alive in the division. I don't think any of us think that they're going to be able to beat Green Bay at this point in time. But, of course, things happen. And who knows? Because the games are much later on in the year. But this is a statement-type game for the Bears. And it's kind of been that way for the last three weeks. They could have made a statement against the Colts. They made a, a horrible, ugly statement. Then they come out with a great statement overall, not a perfect one or a pretty one against the Buccaneers, but they make a statement that, hey, we can beat a really good team and a team with a really good record. Now is another time to make another statement. We've prepared. We've had time. We're confident. This sets up so well for the Bears to come out and play a complete football game, which we've been talking about all year long. And that's really got to be the main goal for this coaching staff and the Chicago Bears team. That would be so, so refreshing to see, even though Carolina isn't one of the world beaters or a Super Bowl contender, but you want to see the Bears just handle and play really well against the bad teams. And hopefully in time, the next couple weeks, these Bears, uh, maybe by midway, maybe by end of season, will be able to compete with some of those more Super Bowl contenders just from the fact that they're improving, they're getting better as a group, and they've got that confidence that they achieved by beating teams like Carolina. So do not let this opportunity slip through your hands either if you're the Bears. If you fall and go to four and two, certainly this game will be circled and look back at the end of the year saying, man, if you would have beaten Carolina. So let's see what these Bears can do.